Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. So we are kicking off a special preview series heading into the 2021 football season. We are taking a look at every position group separately. So you don't have to sit through an hour, you know, to hear our thoughts on every position group. Instead, these are episodes designed to be 15 minutes. Uh, We're going to run through kind of just go around the horn, basically. Uh, each episode looks at one position group, so it's a little bit more focused. Hopefully, hopefully you guys like it. Uh, when we when we do it, we're going to look at the depth at each position group, the biggest strength, the biggest weakness, uh, maybe it's some maybe the biggest question if it's different than biggest weakness, and then we're each going to take make one bold prediction for the position group this season. So first off, naturally, as, as these things go, is is quarterback. Plenty of talk. We've already, I mean, I think even last episode, we talked about how much Cade McNamara has taken control of of the quarterback room. It's not as much of a quarterback battle this season as much as it is just fall camp. It's about preparing the quarterback. Uh, So there are pros and cons to that. I think this year it makes a lot of sense to let Cade McNamara start with the job. Numerous accounts seem to hint that he has lived up to that, uh, you know, that, that opportunity. I think, Steve, you and I were in agreement, probably 85, 90% chance, in our opinion, that Cade McNamara is starting week one. So in that sense, the depth is easy. I think there might be a slight position battle for the number two spot. J.J. McCarthy, the five-star recruit, enrolled uh, this past winter. Played at IMG Academy last fall. So in theory, he should be more college ready than a typical quarterback. Very talented, um, you know, super accurate, can make a lot of throws, good in the pocket, athletic enough to make plays out of the pocket. And then there's Alan Bowman, the Texas Tech graduate transfer, has started started quite a bit with the Red Raiders, and at one point was even kind of hailed as the next. Mahomes, this is before Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes, but in terms of, you know, real gunslinging, dark horse Heisman candidate from Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury, protege, he was he was a part of that labeling. Injuries caught up to him. Uh, they changed coaches. He just never seemed to get a fair shake the rest of the way. So now he's here betting on himself. So so that's really, I mean, Dan Valari's there. I, I, I think he'll play, but it sounds like it'll be more of a, of a special teams role and, and kind of specialty packages. J. 
Jim Harbaugh has used the Taysom Hill comparison for those who watch the NFL and familiar with the Saints player. Steve, I think that there is a little bit of a battle for that number two quarterback spot. I think I'd I'd side with J.J. McCarthy as the number two quarterback. I think Alan Bowman is, uh, you know, coaches are even talking about him as kind of a depth addition. They like him. It's not a, it's not a dig. They're not, you know, mad he came, but like, I think the, the premise is last season, they, they realized how quickly you can fall down to your number three quarterback, uh, especially during, you know, the, the, the pandemic and the COVID era. So felt like they needed to add a third. Do you think there's a position battle here or is it JJ McCarthy all the way? Uh, I'm going to lean McCarthy all the way. I think another, like maybe another reason to kind of consider that also is like, uh, you don't want to run the risk of alienating your five-star freshman quarterback by having yeah, that'd be a, a third, that'd be a big loss with third it? string, uh, you know, in his freshman season. So uh, when, when, you know, other programs across the country may have true freshman type guys that, you know, the, some of the four or five-star guys that were recruited like his cycle uh, could be in line to start. So I think you got to be a little precarious. It's a little precarious in that regard. Uh, I still get the sense. I think the big, even though we, we are, believing that McNamara is going to be the guy I, I still, despite the idea that I think Alan Bowman was actually quietly a really nice pickup for Michigan. As far as I, I look at him as an insurance policy. Uh, I think the bigger battle will still be at one, two, honestly, I don't, again, I don't think Mac, I think McNamara is the guy, but I, you know, that's getting that spring season under his belt, I think allows the possibility that McCarthy could have a really nice fall camp and, and actually maybe give Mac, make McNamara have to work, uh, for that number one spot. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a best case scenario for Michigan is that McCarthy looks like someone who, who could play right now. Um, not every freshman is, that doesn't mean that they're worse than other freshmen. It's just like everyone kind of hits their, I grasp college football now moments at different times. So yeah, I, I, I still, I, I still think it's, McNamara, and I, I think you're right about Bowman. I mean, he's – I'd be curious because I think if McNamara goes down in, like, week one, hypothetically, I would assume McCarthy would come in. But if it's on the road against Wisconsin or at Nebraska or Michigan State, I kind of wonder if they'd go with Bowman. If, if, if McCarthy really hadn't – played any meaningful snaps yet now if he has that's a different discussion but Bowman is someone I mean he I I believe these were the same games he had Oklahoma trailing in Norman and I believe he scored a touchdown right before halftime on a collapsed lung I mean there 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 are just some things that that are very hard to teach you know and, and and we'll get to this in a moment I think Bowman has thrown a lot of passes he's played a lot of football at high school and college. And I think he's someone that um, I just, I, that I'm that's personal wondering is if, if that would be something that Michigan would consider uh, moving on to the biggest strength, Steve, I don't know what you have, but my, in my estimation, Michigan's biggest strength at quarterback is they have guys with long histories of throwing the football. I think, uh, you know, 24 sevens, Charles power, kind of put this together a couple of years ago, basically saying 
the guys who stick around in the NFL and are drafted higher than expected are players who had really prolific high school careers. You know, they weren't the camp gurus. They weren't the, the big arm shows off at, at, you know, recruiting camps or things like that. It was, it was the players who, who had that, who had some pretty good arm strength and skill and everything, but, but really had just thrown a lot in their careers. And Michigan, if you actually go back and look, they have never had three quarterbacks who have thrown as many yards as Bowman, McCarthy, and, and McNamara have. Cade McNamara threw for more than 12,000 yards in high school, set every Nevada state passing record. You know, Alan Bowman threw for 11,000 in high school, you know, at Grapevine, Texas, uh, in kind of the Dallas area. And he's also thrown a lot at Texas Tech as well. And then, and then McCarthy, my understanding is he only played three years on varsity. So his numbers are a little bit lower, but it was still over 7,500. You know, compare that to the numbers of Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, um, you know, even Wilton Spate, even, you know, John O'Corn, some of these other, Jake Rudock, some of these other guys who have started, Brandon Peters, all of these guys have thrown for more yards. And you can take that for whatever you will. But I, I think to me where, where that translates to a strength for Michigan is they've been through it. They understand game situation. They understand game awareness. You know, I thought it was interesting when Cade McNamara, when he led Michigan, they were down 17, nothing when he came in and his defense was kind of failing him at, against Rutgers on the road, uh, granted no fans, but still uh, on the road at night. And he kept, you know, in the post-game press conference, he kept referencing, oh, I remember this game in high school where I was in a very similar situation. And so I think that, along with the nuance of having thrown a lot in his career, you know, knowing the touch, knowing the, you know, how to make a throw precise, knowing how to throw over a defender's arms, you know, it just, it's just a lot of time on task. And you almost think of it like, like a, a pitcher, a pitching prospect. You know, do you want the guy who shows up at a couple camps and, and guns at 99 miles an hour, but doesn't have that experience? Or do you want the guy who knows how to place his pitches, knows game situation, knows scenario, has a good feel for the ball, knows his off-speed pitches? So both can be strengths, but I, to me, I think that's Michigan's biggest strength in the quarterback room. Uh, what, do, what do you think it is? I think I just think the talent level. You know, we've talked a little bit about McNamara's recruiting profile being kind of underrated. McCarthy's McCarthy. And you talked about the the Bowman, sort of the pedigree that Texas Tech had for him early on, you know, and that he's kind of had to fight the injury bug. You know, it's like if he hadn't been so banged up, uh, he probably would have transferred elsewhere or stayed at Texas Tech and would be their starter right now. So I think one to three in particular, just strictly from a quarterback standpoint, uh, I, I think Michigan's talent level is probably better from top to bottom than it has been, let's say. Uh, is it elite? Not necessarily. I don't think so. But it's better than what it has been. Uh, kind of goes in line with your the high school production aspect you talked about. So, uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. So, Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey and Brandon Peters and Shea Patterson were all pretty highly rated recruits. So, so are you seeing, are you saying what your eye test is the talent? Or are you, or are you equating recruiting talent? Here? Yes. I'm going with my eye test. Uh, sure. 
right? We never saw enough of McCaffrey necessarily. I mean, I would I would go back and say, you talk about uh, Peters, McCaffrey, Milton. Those were the guys that Michigan wanted in those cycles. But I don't think any of those three guys had an Alabama offer. Uh, I don't know if any of those three guys had a Notre Dame scholarship offer. I don't believe Peters was ever offered by Notre Dame. Uh, okay. You know, so not saying that those two schools offering are what is propelling this argument. I just think I feel more comfortable with the talent level of these guys. And like I said, I, that's why I kind of want to bridge it with your statistical output situation to say these these are guys that have already played quarterback at a high level at some point in their career and were also like really highly recruited uh, players coming out of high school. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, that's feel pretty comfortable with that argument. Honestly. Yeah. Couple, couple other strengths that came to mind to me. I think the group is tough. I don't know much about JJ McCarthy, but you know, Valari Bowman McNamara, they all have chips on their shoulder. They all strike me as players who are going to kind of win over their teammates with how they play through pain. Um, if you haven't played football, you're always in pain. You're not always injured, but you are always in pain. And so how you kind of respond to that, I think is something that something that Michigan has that maybe not every team that they play this year will have. And that's not a shot at anybody. It's just when I think about strength, I think about, okay, what separates this group from maybe the 12 opponents they face? Uh, I also think accuracy is, is a fair strength. I, I, I don't know a ton about Bowman's, you know, I, I've watched him. Obviously, if you watch highlights or film, you're, you're watching a lot of the, the accurate passes, but McNamara and, and McCarthy both were, were pretty highly praised for their accuracy coming out of high school. What do you think the biggest weakness of this group? And I will say, Steve, personally, you're, you're welcome to choose whatever you want. The lack of proof I am not going to use that as a weakness because I think you could literally say that about every position group this season since they're coming off a, a six-game season and that one that was not very good. But what do you think the biggest weakness of this position group is? Uh, yeah, not proof, but I guess just big game experience, right? Uh, sure. Yes, experience is lacking pretty much period there. I mean, McNamara played – latter half of last season led a nice comeback but not against a good team you know as impressive as it was so you know they didn't get to play Ohio State last year so he never got that experience either Uh, so I would just go with that big game experience I think it's one of the reasons why even though it's at home I think the Washington game is just it's it's so big for this team not just this season but maybe beyond uh just because it is it's going to be a, that first big game for a lot of guys and then at, especially at quarterback uh you know so for me I think it's pretty simple I think it's just a lack of big game experience is probably the biggest weakness yeah I think that's a that's a fair one I am gonna go uh, I think I I don't think this is a get off the bus quarterback room right you know the the, the phrase get off the bus is, is they look gigantic they look like super strong they you know they they during warm-ups they can sling it a bajillion yards I think there are solid arms on this team but I don't think like if you put all the big 10 quarterbacks together and did a longest throw competition or a hardest throw competition um, I don't think Michigan would 
place. You know, I think they're, I think they're, I don't think this is the strongest arm position group. And, 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 you know, even McCarthy, who's a five-star and obviously has really good arm strength, uh, you know, it took 24 seven, our recruiting evaluation of him. One of his lowest ratings was arm strength and his actual lowest one was size. And I think he's, he's kind of grown into that role. He's kind of grown a little bit, but McNamara six foot one, you know, he's, he's more of a, of a junk ball pitcher than a fastball pitcher. I, 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 even last season, I didn't see him. It was noticeable how different his arm was from Joe Milton's and, and, you know, Alan Bowman, I think is of a similar mold. I think, I mean, he is six foot three, six foot four. Uh, you know, he, he can sling it, but I think his game is a little bit more the dink and dunk type passes, the, the, you know, the sharp passes over the middle, things like that. So, yeah, I think, I mean, arm strength makes it sound like the group is, is bad. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily that, but I, I think the, the top end arm strength is kind of what I'm thinking of. I mean, this is not a, a position group full of guys who, you know, scouts aren't going to be drooling over how, how they look in warmups, um, which Michigan had someone who scouts were drooling over how they looked in warmups last year. And then the scouts would, you know, erase their notes during the game after seeing him uh, in a game situation with Joe Milton. So that would be my, that would be my weakness. Now I think I'm with you. I just having not seen, McCarthy at the college level, having not seen McNamara really that much at the college level, and obviously Alan Bowman kind of being resigned to highlights and things like that. Um, it's also my biggest question is, you know, does this group have, what's the ceiling of this group? Is, is Cade McNamara, I know Michigan's quarterbacks coach said he, he sees Cade as someone who can stick around in the NFL for a decade, you know, because of how he can play. But, but at the same time, uh, that's also Michigan's quarterbacks coach saying it, not necessarily, you know, an unbiased NFL scout. And so what's what's the ceiling of the group this year is kind of my question. And, and that ties in with arm strength. Is is this a game manager position group or is this a game changer position group? That's that's a big question. I don't think it's one Michigan necessarily needs it to be the latter this year, just with the run game that they have, the the offensive line that they have. But it sure would help. Wolverines, right? If we're saying they need to be a, a top 15, top 20 offense to be a good team this year, then yeah, I think I think it's fair to to question what the ceiling of the group is this year. I think McCarthy's ceiling is obviously first round draft pick, but what's realistic for this season? Do you have any questions about the quarterback room? Any any big time, big picture questions about the room? Well, I didn't know it had to be a big time, big picture question because uh, mine was a little off the wall. Oh, go I, ahead. I'm, it, I'm, I'm legitimately curious about this Valari thing, like how they're going to utilize him. Granted, if he's utilized not as a quarterback, I guess it, I don't know if it really counts as a quarterback question, but he is listed on the roster as a quarterback. So right. no, I think go, it counts. Right. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of curious to see if there's anything to this because uh, why not? You know, I mean, people who don't maybe don't remember Michigan had uh, J.D. Johnson, a four star out of Arizona, committed, was ready to sign, uh, ended up uh, being diagnosed with a heart condition that basically ended his football career. Uh, he's still with the program to the last I knew he is, is still with the program as like an analyst or a, some kind of a, in a coaching type deal. And Valari was like a late take 
you know, was a guy that raw, but like physically, yeah, Bizarre was was a big dude who was pretty fast for his size. So, you know, Jim Harbaugh has mentioned that Taysom Hill thing a few times. I'm actually kind of legit curious to see if there is anything to that, if they actually run him out on the field in, in a role like that and if he can do anything with it. Because, you know, you look at how the Saints use Taysom Hill – there's a there's a niche there if there's a if you if you have the right guy yeah. right if there's a if there's a right guy that you can utilize something like that with uh, why not give it a whirl you know I mean it could be something we see in week one you know maybe Michigan kind of test the waters there see if it's something they feel like they could do something with and go from there with it uh, you know you, you can never have enough weapons and looks uh, on either side of the ball so I'm actually kind of curious to see if there's anything to that. Okay. I, by the way, that's totally valid. I didn't mean it had to be existential. I just meant like <laughs> about the group. Um, yeah, my, my thing, maybe I'm a little jaded here. I feel like Harbaugh's talked about the, the different ways they're going to use the backup quarterbacks. Like I feel like he says that every year. Um, you know, I still remember the talk about using Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey on the field at the same time. And it's like, just just focus on the starter <laughs> to some, to some extent. I I'm with you though. If he, if, I mean, he, he said it a, enough times that clearly it's, it's a thought that he believes now what that means on the field, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Finally, a prediction, um, theoretically a bold prediction, uh, either, either good or bad for the Wolverines quarterback room. Do you have one ready? I, I don't know. I mean, because what uh, could be, yeah, maybe that McNamara holds the job all year, right? I just like that. What, what there's no, I don't foresee a bold prediction from this position group as things stand right now. What do you I, think about numbers wise? Well, I mean, that's he, what I was, that's what I was, a 3,000 yarder. Or is he going to be less? Man, I, I hate to sound, uh, I hate to put it like this, but it's, you know, there we've talked a lot about everything surrounding whoever is the starter this year at quarterback. You know, there's almost no reason that they shouldn't be productive, but you kind of have to start to see it first before I can really make any grand predictions about, you know, what they're going to, what will be produced. Honestly, Uh, I hate to sound like a cynic, but you know, they've had quite a bit of talent on offense in years past. And I think the numbers have been underwhelming. Uh, and I, I also think it may a little bit might go back to the fact that a, we expect they should run the ball effectively this year. And B you talked about the arm strength deal. Uh, maybe the bigger role for whoever is, you know, is going to be the quarterback, the majority of the year this year is just managing the game. Like you said, uh, I predict that, I guess I, maybe I predict that McNamara would be, will be an effective game manager for them. And that's not a knock at all because, again, I think Michigan has the offensive line and the talent at running back to win this season on the strength of a potential running game. You know, so keeping the ball out of the hands of the other team is going to be as important as a guy throwing 55 passes and 420 yards and, you know, four touchdowns or something. So, you know, I don't know. Quarterback's interest. It's, it's, it's fascinating as always. Uh, I do, like I said, I do like the talent level here more than I have in the past, but I don't know if talent is what needs to be the primary 
production point. I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. I just don't know if that needs to be the primary role. I don't think Michigan maybe needs a quarterback to win games with their arm uh, consistently. You know, you're always going to need a guy that can get you a third and six, third and seven or whatever uh, in the fourth quarter. But I feel like Michigan's strength this year should be running the football. And, uh, you know, I think the quarterback tight end wide receiver combos they have, I think could be a great compliment to that. Yeah, fair enough. I, to, to your point, by the way, the, the, the name I hear McNamara sometimes get compared to just, you know, with, with former players is, is Brian Greasy. Um, obviously that's in some ways that's an unrealistic comparison because that would suggest Michigan, you know, people immediately think about 1997, but in terms of, of making the right plays at the right time, not doing anything otherworldly necessarily. Um, but, you know, being there and being effective and, and running the offense. So uh, there's some intrigue there. I am going to, you know, I, I actually kind of think the opposite. I think all three quarterbacks are going to end up playing really important roles this season. I think both Bowman and McNamara have injury histories. Um, and I, I don't think that there's like this huge gap between the first and third string quarterbacks either. I think, I think Michigan feels like if someone's dinged up, they're not going to keep them out there. You know, they're going to, they're going to be comfortable playing anybody in any situation. And then if I are were you, doing uh, it, are you, sorry, oh. are you, are you like, are you president of the Allen Bowman fan club? feel like you're, you're pretty high on him. Well, I think he's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I just don't think that there's like this huge difference between him and Cade McNamara right now. I, if, if there is, then I'll be wrong, <laughs> but I, I just, I mean, he's thrown for over 5,000 yards in college. Cade's thrown for like 350. So and Fair. JJ's no, thrown I, for zero. That's yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I'm, I'm siding with you as far as like, I don't maybe think he's been talked about enough in the grand scheme. Um, I'm not, I will say sitting here banging the gavel saying he's going to be good necessarily. I I'm, I'm saying, I think, or he'll be amazing. I'm not, I'm not on the train like I am with Julius Welshoff or, or some of the other players, you know, Blake Corum, Cornelius Johnson, those types. I'm, I'm saying, I think, I think there's going to be some built-in trust with Michigan for all three quarterbacks. And I do think like just the nature of college football, it's really hard for a quarterback to, to be upright the whole season. So I think there's going to be high leverage situations, meaningful drives that all three quarterbacks contribute to. I also think this might be one of Michigan's more accurate passing games for the, for the reason you hinted at, you know, they have a run game. They don't necessarily need to bomb it downfield all the time. You know, they can, they can pick up, you know, kind of bits and pieces kind of plays here and there. And I think that's what Josh Gaddis would, would like. I mean, every, every offensive coordinator wants to throw a 50 yard bomb every play, but in terms of like, what's actually effective, what the meaning of speed and space is it's high accuracy throws, you know, catching the defense off guard and, and letting the playmakers make plays, not necessarily just throwing 50, 50 passes all the time. So um, yeah, I think, I think this could be a high accuracy. I think I'll say, higher than 63% this year. I don't know if that's actually even high, that high in college football anymore, but, but that's where I'm, you know, looking at Michigan's history of accuracy. I think it'll be higher than 
anyway, with that, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode that will look at the running backs position. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. See you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.